this morning. Oh, here we go. Recording in progress. It just sets it up. It makes me feel way too official. And now I start fumbling and looking for words because the pressure's okay. on. Well, I'll take the pressure off you and uh, and say hello to everyone. Welcome to a new podcast. Before we get started, I have news. Lee, this is actually news to you. You have no idea about this news. So whilst I'm just about to deliver this to the podcast populace, uh, I'm also delivering this to you live. So your reaction, which is down there, I can't actually see you because I'm looking at the camera, um, this will be this will be news. The news is well. Firstly, would you like to hear the news? Uh, yes, I would. And I am. I thank you for the disclaimer. I am happy for this to be recorded live for an audience. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Uh, the news is. <laughs> the news is, membership is in beta version. Incredible. What does that mean? You ask. You know what? I was just about to say, Chris, what does that mean? Well, what that means is, so our membership site goes live on the 1st of September 2021. Now, what we've done is uh, we put it into pre-sale mode uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that's been lovely and great. But what we wanted to do is we realized actually, well, when we say we, I mean I, because I haven't told you about this. (laughs) I can't uh, wait to know what today's topic is, Chris, so that we can unpick this. Listeners, for anybody wanting to email in, you know, to podcast at thinking.church, Chris and I need couples therapy. Uh, it's uh... <laughs> I think we do. Yes. Um, business, business couples therapy, is that a thing? Anyway, let me get back to, let me get to um, beta mode. So we, we launched membership and it's basically all of our facilitation that we've done for churches, but done on video on uh, and available, it's gonna be available on demand online. So you can, whatever you want to do, if you want a new mission statement, we've got all the sessions to help you do that. We'll go through session by session and you put all the things in place, you get a, a new mission statement, um, discipleship strategy, leadership development strategy, vision setting, the, the list goes on and on. We've currently got, on here, 95 uh, lessons of already available. And because of that, I thought, why not? Let's put it into beta mode and we can make it available. And we can make it available now. And uh, and you can, you can actually access those 95 lessons now, uh, get a really good taster for it. Uh, now, the, the price is pretty cool because normally it's gonna be 60 pounds per month or £600 a year, but you can actually get it for £39.99 in beta mode. So this is like a a little beta, a beta max, should I call it that? But I think that's an old like... Oh, no, don't, that was was a spectacular flop. Oh, okay, so it's not a beta max. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a beta max. Hang on on a minute, so if you sign up for beta membership, um we we will provide you a discount on hair straighteners well i mean the hair straighteners is becoming a thing now and um (laughs) yeah i think uh my good wife's uh appearance shall we say last week in the podcast has gone down in folklore and uh i did receive 
a couple of texts and messages about it. So we're grateful for that. Um, but uh, yes, no, you don't get that in, in beta membership. What you do get in beta membership is just access today. So you can go to our website, www.thinking.church slash membership dash pre dash sale. Yeah, um, stick that in the show notes or something. I'll stick it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, Even right. I don't remember my own links. <laughs> True. And today we're going to be talking about Communication? No, we're not. It's a... <laughs> well, no, no, it's that's fine. Well, let's get let's get cracking with the the episode. Um, what I thought we'd do today is we'd be talking about uh, common mistakes that churches make. So, common strategic mistakes that churches make. That sounds like it was it now rhymes and it shouldn't have. I didn't mean for it to rhyme. What do I call it? Common strategy mistakes. That's a bit easier. Common strategy mistakes. So um, we got three each, as is our favoured way of doing things. Yeah. And um, oh, it's worth saying, just as a quick one, we're going to have a guest on next week. Amazing. So, um, so the three each will probably go down to two each, um, but because then we can still have six, and it's nice and easy. It keeps the round number stays the same. Uh, but yes, but we've got three each today, three strategy mistakes. Lee, would you like to hop in with your first strategy mistake? Yeah, my, my first one is when the Lee hand doesn't know what the Chris hand is doing. Is well, that... <laughs> yes, true. When I he am, starts putting am, things am... into beta versions. For anyone listening, we've been planning this for an awful long time. And actually getting to that point, this is joking aside, sense the tone it's all good it is all good hey look no so look issues with strategy here's my first one um we've all been here we've all seen it my first mistake with strategy is using last year's strategy or a previous strategy because some strategies don't even last 12 months but realistically it's thinking that the one that you've had is good enough to use again that's the biggest mistake that i see I, i've put that really as my top should we count down or count up? Really, we should we should know by now which direction these are going. These are in no particular order. No particular um, order. But this one is, yeah, yeah, using a previous strategy, basically. It's like what got us to now as if it's going to get us to where we want to go. doesn't happen. Um, needs to be revised, needs to be looked at, needs to be worked. Um, does it also probably don't need to wait until it expires. You need to be thinking and doing it in advance. But at no point is using the one that you've had before going to help you get to where you want to be. That's it in short. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and, and I think that's a, it's and well said, I think, because I think we, it, but, it, you know, we, we know it. I mean, everyone should know that as a standard. You know, what, just because it works this, at this point at this time doesn't mean it's going to work forever. But we're, we are creatures of habit and we yeah. are creatures and we're people that's, People love finding formulas. Um, and I think in church life, we think that once you find the formula, you found the formula to, you know, a uh, healthy church or the formula to, you know, and there's so many things, adverts are always trying to help you find the formula to this. And obviously no but such formula health, exists. Yeah, that healthy, you know, the the dose of, is it um, outcome bias or confirmation bias? We've got a previous episode talking about some of these things. That's what we default to, um, as if like there is, you know, a winning recipe, a shortcut. It's like, no, we are actually here to do the work. 
And that means renewing, revising, continuous improvement. Um, any industry that you know that's kind of like, you know, stuck to an old way of doing it and trying to re-implement it by keeping it going. There's many that have fallen by the wayside as a result. Don't let your church be one of them um, or your organization, your charity, your project, your ministry, whatever that, whatever it's applying to, always be prepared to look at it and revise it and don't leave it until there are obvious signs of it failing before you even do that. So, yeah, don't keep thinking you can go with what was once working. And especially now, um, I mean, we, we always think of the, you know, the companies like Kodak and uh, Blockbuster Video, those kinds of ones. And we think, well, that wasn't that was not nice for them, but it wouldn't happen to us. But the church is going through a similar shift. You know, its online shift happened in 2020. And and now the church is is now going to into an era where it will be seen online is an online first environment really and you know it's community and connection still happens in person but the first port of call for people will be online and actually i think that uh just by going on yesterday's strategy last year's strategy even even 2020's strategy is not 2021 and so yeah. constantly having to review change think about a new way of doing things yeah we we, we can't rest on our laurels and think that just you know that we've we found it we've made it work and it's gonna that's that's gonna be it from now on we can sort of skip happily through the the meadows of church land and just no it's not gonna work like that if only <laughs> if only but that's why we do strategy so chris what gone I, I i've got a feeling that yet again these are all going to feed into one another so where where what what's your what's your first one um, my first one is uh, a strategy pe mistake people make is they confuse mission and vision and actually this is the thing we've we help uh we help churches a lot with and i talk with a lot of church pastors about this is about uh, they, a lot of church leaders get stuck on on this and it actually really slows them down and then they're not quite sure what to do and it makes them go round and round in circles because they're going, what's mission? What's vision? What does it all mean? And you, you just get stuck. And uh, so I think the biggest strategy mistake is to confuse the two and not have a clear definition between them. So I'm going to attempt to make a clear definition between them. And so it's all nice and, and simple for everyone. So we can all just stop the debate, go home and, and be done with it. Um, so henceforth, here we go. Right. So a mission is your most important phrase in your church. It is encompassing why your church exists. So it's the it's the guiding direction of your church. And uh, we at Thinking Church, we have three elements to that, which is we always want to be going in the direction of it's got to be encapsulating the Great Commission. So what the global church exists to do the the mandate that uh, that jesus gave us in scripture uh, for the church so it's got to do that it's got to link to your target market it's got to actually speak to people it's about people and it's got to encompass your church's strengths uh, so it's got to be something that you're good at as well and uh, and so that's going to be become the directional um it's the directional 
thing. I I'm, I'm sort of using my hands here, which makes no sense at all for people listening on podcast. Visual um, aid for listeners at home. Yes. Chris. <laughs> yes. Um, that's so your mission is your direction. You're always going to go, you want to go towards your your mission all the time. Your vision is what you're going to do or where you or where you're going to go. So it's like the if you think of your mission as a long straight line that never ends. It's like a long arrow that never ends. Um, or like a, you know, like on the tube map, they have like the line. It's the metropolitan yeah. line. Then your vision are the stops along that tube line. So it's, I can't think of any stops along the metropolitan line. Um, Westminster, it's not probably. I have no idea. I haven't been to London in years. Um but it stops along those, which become the markers that are helping you move in the direction of your vision. So that could be, um, you know, what you're going to do in your community or, um, but essentially it's your goals. It's your three to five year goals. That is your big, your big vision, what you're going to accomplish in the next three to five years or the next year or, or, or whatever, however you want to, whatever time scale. But it's a fixed point that people can see and people can get to because something that's a, a never-ending continuum is very inspiring but sometimes people need something a little bit more concrete and that's why the vision is there to provide those concrete moments along the route the route rather like uh stops along the tube mm. map there we are fantastic so and how does that how does that apply then to the strategy where how are we putting that in? Because if we don't use last year's strategy, but you've talked about this kind of like through line to things. So we're not changing that very often. So what's the impact on strategy? Well, what, what it means is, so when you have one mission that's going to kind of guide you over you know, a very long time, it should be one thing that you set and you don't really think about, you don't want to change it. And I think that's a really important point that you want to, so, but that means that in order to reach that, your strategy must always change. That that vision is going to change every yep. three to five years. But that also means to, you know, if let's say you put a three, a five-year vision in, each year those steps are going to have to be different to get to that to that marker. Because we're moving on from where we were, but we've yep. already set the direction. No, that's that is that's great. Brings so, clarity. Yeah, so you can't keep the same strategy as last year because last year only got you one fifth of the way towards your yeah. five year vision. And so And should be a completed piece to a degree. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what you don't want to do is if you just repeat what and do just do so and I think that's the problem is when when there's no goals attached to a mission. Mission is fine, but if you're just doing stuff that is missional, that's that's not as good as moving toward moving in a direction. Mm. You're not taking people somewhere. So, um, and when you just say, oh, we just do stuff or, you know, and I hear a lot of churches that say, you know, we love prayer and the community and worship, for instance. And, and so they just do those things, but there's no goals behind it. There's no achievement behind it. There's no moving towards and, and understanding that they're making, you know, they don't know whether they've made a difference or not. And that's where you need to have those markers and that means that you have to continually have a different next year's strategy is going to be different from this year's strategy. There's going to be different focuses, different needs. And, and it's always, but these things focus you towards something. So yeah, yeah, you, you, you can't have the same strategy as last year. 
Fantastic. So, number two from me. Go for it. Um, and I think, we, again, these are intertwining. Is uh, problems with strategy? Not thinking about how it will be delivered. Not thinking through how it's actually going to be. So this is maybe coming up with something too grand, putting what's year five in year one, not appreciating the steps, not taking into account that just because you can see it, that you haven't got to pass through a number of stops to get there. You know, there's destinations. Let's take the tube map analogy now that we're on that. It's like, you know, you've got where you want to go, but you like you now have to pass through a number of things to know that you're making progress and know that you're going that way not knowing and not giving enough thought to how it will be delivered is, is part of that. Cause it, it, you've got to bring in and look at resource. You've got to look at environment. You've got to look at people um, all sorts of things that go around it. So the, the, the strategy can't be a thing that's so aloof or separate from how you actually work, function, and implement. Otherwise, it just becomes a bit pie in the sky. Like, it's so highly aspirational that you it's kind of like always just dangled out there and, you know, what are we, what are we ever doing? No, have some thought about how you put this into action. We talk, I mean, you talk, um, I've spoken on a couple of podcasts about OKRs, knowing how you're progressing and um, measuring, which is kind of a, uh, an updated take on things like KPIs and things, which is, we, we would say is the, the OKRs are a much better way to look at it because it, it really ties back uh, to, 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 to why you're doing it. But it, it, thinking about the things that are measurable, having an eye on what it needs to be delivered. Um, otherwise, it's, it's just something on the wall and how are we ever going to connect with it if we never see it acted upon? That's basically it. Yeah, yeah. I think we are. it's very easy to set, uh, you know, to make a slogan and put it on a wall or a website or, or wherever. And what's hard is to bring that down into what does that mean for my, you know, for my ministry in my you know in this month you know what what am i doing that's moving towards it how am i doing it to move it towards it and goals are obviously a really great way to do that and i think that um you're right when, when we think about we've got to think about metrics in it because we've got to know we've got to know what things are going to change so we've got to know whether it's been successful or, or not and uh, and we often don't think about those things we often think we, we will we will just do things but we don't really know what's changed and so we don't really know how we're going to complete it. We don't. And when we when we say how, it is that things, you know, we've got to know how things have changed by moving some, you know, the, uh, certain numbers have got to change. Otherwise, have we really actually changed anything? Uh, and I think that's a problem that many churches fall into is that they'll start a ministry um, and they've got this great plan to do something, but they have no numbers around it, no metrics around it. And so they don't know a what to do because actually yeah. they don't because they don't know what they're trying to achieve. But actually, the, the how part of how that how you're going to achieve that. Well, these metrics should be guiding you to know how you're going to to achieve that that end. 
because Absolutely. certain numbers have got to change. And I think. And a minute, have, have, we, have we crept into a seventh mistake with strategy about like not identifying measurement and numbers? Well, that could be that could be one. That could be like an. I'm not being funny. I, I nearly included one about data because it does it underpins the whole thing. But actually, it is that it's like you know how do you know that you're not delivering? You've got to be counting something. Yeah. Right. Uh, or have an idea of like what success like. So it's like, oh, no, we're four steps away, you know, four stops away from the destination. I don't like steps because sometimes you'll put a strategy in place and it might be two steps. Other times you might be, no, it's five steps away. But one of those steps breaks down into we need a leadership development program or in training program or we need to have an um, employment and now we need an employment strategy. And that's going to take six to 12 months to get right, tweak and understand where it fits. It affects onboarding, offboarding and all of this stuff that begins to encompass it. And I, I, that's what I mean about, you know, that, that comes down to last year's strategy won't get us there because that's a stop that we've already done. But also not going broad enough, making something so pie in the sky as if it's all happened. Action plan broken down into individual parts make it measurable, be clear on what that looks like and how you record and document it. I had to sneak in point 2B. Uh, can you tell you guys on our passion about actually what strategy really means to us? <laughs> because it's it's often misunderstood and it's also a bit of a misnomer. And, you know, all strategy is great until it actually happens in reality. All of those kind of things, you know. But um, celebrate. I think when people have got this, if you don't recognize the value of the stops along the way, you don't celebrate appropriately to understand what the success is or the direction you're going. So find ways to celebrate appropriately all along the way. Build it in. Because it makes all of this stuff look like we're doing and achieving and collaborating and this creation, all of this stuff that's happening in that direction. Also, the celebration is another measurable aspect. It's also witness. That's what it needs to be. That, so I'd say, yeah, that's my point two B and C, maybe and D, maybe we're on point nine. I don't know. I, well, I, it's worth adding at this point. That, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's one of the courses we have on our membership site, which is all about setting vision. And in that, we look at the, the rituals that need to be in place at, at, at each stage and that there that means there's going to be times of celebration there's going to be times of rallying the troops and and all those different things and you've got to have those moments those celebratory moments along the way and those rallying point moments because uh people need progress you know there's a reason why we have loading bars on websites and we have loading bars on whatever because people want progress if if we aren't getting constant feedback that something is changing and something is moving, you start to you start to question. If you just sort of see a blank screen and there's nothing, and then 20 seconds later it suddenly comes on, you've probably already moved on by that point. And you can extrapolate that to the church environment as well, that we need to have continuous feedback mm. on, on what the church is doing to know that we are moving towards that direction. So having times of celebration is an opportunity to talk about the vision and where things are going and what's been done. And I've, this is something that I've written about before as a blog is that, you know, if you want to, uh, if you want to inspire confidence in your next vision, you do it by completing this vision and you, and you do that by 
telling people that you've completed it and you've actually completed it. And um, and so I think it's it, it's super important that we have those moments where we gather people together and give people that kind of feedback. Amazing, amazing. Uh, number two from you, Chris. Yeah, my second one is what I'm classing as the Field of Dreams mistake. Um, I've not actually seen the the film Field of Dreams, but I think everyone knows about everyone knows about the Field of Dreams, um, which was it's about a, corn. Well, isn't it about Kevin Costner having a field and then building a baseball stadium? And then uttering the famous words, if you build it, they will come or he will come or, or what, something like that. I don't know what, yeah. who, who they or he were. I think he was probably meaning the, the, the crowds. So if you build a big stadium, someone will come, people will come and fill that stadium to watch baseball. I think that was what he was referring to. Is there, Have you seen the film Field of Dreams? No. No. <laughs> okay, well, in which case, our planning <laughs> on this was exceptional. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking through. I don't think I've actually seen many um, Kevin Costner movies at all. Oh, you must have seen a few. Uh, Untouchables, well, no. great film. No, I don't think I have. Uh, he was in, in The Bodyguard? Yeah, Bodyguard I've been unfortunate enough to have to see. Uh, what else was he in? Oh... It's where you go dancing with wolves and stuff like that. Um, no, no, I haven't seen dancing with dance dances with wolves, isn't it? It's not dancing, Dan- dancing with, with, with wolves. About... That's dancing with wolves sounds like the latest celebrity show. <laughs> <laughs> dancing <laughs> with wolves. <laughs> and today they will be doing the tango. Um... <laughs> that that would actually. Uh... That would actually be incredible. Yes. Anyway, Field of Dreams. Uh, it's the the classic thing of if you build it, they will come. And I I think church leaders have got into that thing of thinking if we build it, uh, building community program, um, great service, um, new website. You know, put whatever you want in, whatever that it is that you're looking for. If you build it, they will come. It's not true. They they won't come, uh, but they might come if you let them know about it. And you've got to tell people, which means that you have to spend a lot of time thinking. And this is something I've got used to, you know, with us running Thinking Church, is that because we are a business, that we have to let people know that we exist. And uh, and we, just because we have built it does not mean that people come. We have to let people know that we exist, and that it's worth it's we're worth interacting with, and that this podcast is worth listening to or watching or whatever. Wherever we interact with it in whatever medium. Next week's episode, actually not next week. We've got a guest next week. Future episode. I'm going to come back to you and make sure that you've actually watched Field of Dreams. Oh, it's not going to happen. Um, I can guarantee you now, it's, they, you know, firstly, the Euros are on, firstly. Uh, but secondly, old movies, it's just, we never really get around to it. I've just, I've got many old movies on my list and Field of Dreams is, is way down there. So maybe, it, maybe if it's work, can it be classed as work? Watching Field of Dreams. Um, I'll pay you £2.50 to watch it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> 
That is a terrible... I mean, how long is the movie? Because if it's two and a half hours, that's a pound an hour. No, I doubt. If it's an old movie, I bet it doesn't even hit 90 minutes. I don't know. I'm going I'm to look that up. Dick, 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 dick. Well, yeah. The, well, whilst you do that, time, I talk, 100, about 107 minutes. Okay, that's... Hour and three quarters. Well, that's, that's even less than a pound an hour then. A terrible rate. Um, well, anyway, right. Let's get let's get back to the point. And the point is that just because you build it doesn't mean that people are going to come. People aren't just going to start coming to your church because you open the doors of your church. People aren't going to start coming to your church just because you create a new website or you create an online service. Uh, yeah. It doesn't work like that. And in a world where everything is online first, we are in an oversaturated environment. It's really really difficult to gain traction on things and there'll be many church leaders who understand that and understand that feeling of like but this is our church is really good and we've got some great stuff and we've got some great people and, and you know you might feel like you're a great speaker and but just because you build it doesn't mean they will come you've got to let and this, this, uh, this is what i'm going to go back to right so i i it's one of those things i've never seen the film but i know i know in i know a little of the story right so I, i'm going to draw the parallel for us because i think we can round this off save some face and not have to watch it um, is the idea like build it and they will come is we've worked with churches. We understand how they have vision and how they talk about how God has spoken and they leave it kind of hanging prophetically. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing is, that's not enough. That's what I want to say. That's not enough. So in the film field, of dreams is that like, yes, there's a field and he gets that vision uh, to do something with it and it's you know the baseball diamond and all the rest of it he has to do the work he has to plow it there's a fight there'll obviously be an inciting incident he'll meet a guide he'll get all the stuff there'll be all the story arc and all the normal dynamics of that but there is work to be done and i think that's what we're saying is that if you just like you know build it and then don't do the work as in like you know the prep the planning the telling the story the invitation it's it's not just going to happen but that links back like to mine about saying, you know, you can't do this without thinking about how you're going to put it into action. You can't do it and not think about how it will be delivered. So it's, yeah, there's all of that out there, but it's got to have this action initiative. It's got to have this push to be delivered, something to make it happen. Um, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to throw that out there, that, 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 that happens for anything we receive. If somebody tells us something that God sees, if we receive anything that's on that term, prophetic, we have a responsibility to work at that and actually see it come about. It doesn't just bump, you know, magic. It is, it is, it's, I think we need to see it far more as an invitation to join in with what God sees that we can have, but it doesn't absolve us of responsibility or having to do work. Brilliant. All right, Lee, let's go on to your third one. Uh, what is your third strategic mistake common strategy mistakes that's it What's common strategy one? yeah common strategy mistake uh using someone else's strategy uh yes but they did this and now they've got a thousand people great yeah like it doesn't work like that um you can yeah. end up just looking like a poor imitation uh it's it can you know what the biggest thing is it can cause such upheaval stress burnout uh 
all sorts of like negative implications of using other people's strategies. Yes, you can look at how other people have done it and apply the principles of how they put what they're doing in place. But to think you can just take their strategy, land it and deliver it doesn't work. It's a, It can be a big mistake. Um, you haven't done all of their stops, all of the bits that they've gone through on their tube map. Like this is a thing. There is a uniqueness. There's stuff you have to have in place. You need the process to go through yourselves to get there. So landing somebody else's strategy, it it can be it can be asking for trouble. Yeah, this is the um, you know, there's been so many books of like, you know, this is what works, this is what you know, you get a lot of uh you know YouTube adverts where you know I've cracked the code. And I guess it's getting back to the kind of formula thing, but using someone else's strategy is never a good idea because there's just so much contextual stuff. And so many ways in which, you know, when they write the book, people make it seem all lovely and clear and simple. But like you said, there's so many of the, the battles they had to face and the, the, the messy stuff that never gets seen about, you know, it doesn't get shown or doesn't get known about. And it's, you know, stuff they had to work through and real pain and difficulty. And, you know, when you're writing a book, you circumnavigate all of that and you, you know, you, you might squash that into a little, you know, a, a tiny little segment of, oh, it was a little bit difficult once. But actually, it's, that's actually majority of the stories is most people are fumbling and trying and changing and ch- trying again and changing and trying again yeah. and making little gains. And I guess, you know, the, it's what you learn along the way is more important than, than actually finding the, the silver bullet to it because there is, there is no silver bullet. Uh, to a great strategy for doing what you need to do there'll be things and you know I, I I always look for I think you can look for frameworks so I mean we we deal in frameworks you know you know our sessions that help you they are not using other people's strategy they're using frameworks to put your own strategy your own mission your own vision in place and help you achieve that so they're very very different from taking someone else's strategy um, yeah it's, it's say, and, and even, even then we're not hard and fast on the framework because we know that that's not the be all and end all either actually you need the the, the the map it's like you need to know which way is north to understand your own direction you need to be situationally aware you need to apply some first principles you need to get to grips with where you're headed you need to know what's a resource and utility. You need to know what's unique and what you can do on your own. And there's application of frameworks and principles and borrowings and bits and pieces. But anybody around you is on a map is always in a slightly different location. So that's why you can't just borrow from somebody else directly. They're not you. Like, but it is, yeah, it, even down to yeah all of those things there's a there's a bit where you have to contextualize it and make it right for yourself um yeah yeah well there's there's a really good quote that i like from pablo pablo picasso and he said this it was uh i'm i'm hoping he actually said it he probably didn't you know what you know in those quotes that it's it's pablo picasso but it's probably actually just someone in an office somewhere that made it up and then attributed it. So um, it is to all my best knowledge, Pablo Picasso's uh, quote, which is uh, know the rules 
like a pro so that you can i probably wouldn't have said pro really um no so like you, you gotta like learn the rules so that you can break the rules like an artist and i think that's i think that's what we do and the kind of the heart of why we do what we do we want to help people learn the rules or, or to, a better phrase for us would be yeah. the frameworks the good practice the best practice in some in some cases all of those to say at some point like you're you will grasp these uh frameworks and these things and you will then need to break them like an artist and that's the best thing i think that's the fun part is that you you master the 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 frameworks and the tools what you can't do is start messing around with them before you know them because you'll always end up it always ends up going wrong and that, that's and i think a lot of people want to break them like an artist but they don't want to learn the frameworks first and picasso is actually an artist that was you know he he learned all of the you know the classical art techniques first and then he went into his kind of slightly weird crazy stuff which is obviously great art as well um but if i think if all church leaders spent time learning the frameworks and the, obviously the frameworks that we offer and the thing frameworks that we you know we help church leaders work through and 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 the, and the point when you've mastered those things you then you then break them it's um i'm i've got a um i well, I'm, I'm a songwriter and uh I had some input from a songwriter a few years ago and he told me to write this. He told me to write songs. He said, until you've written a hundred songs in the same format, which is like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. Until you've written a hundred songs in that format, don't change it. Because you've got to know the rules to be able to break the rules. And so, um, and I think that's just such great advice is that you, like, there's so much you can't use someone else's strategy so so learn the frameworks really well and then and then use them on your own so there is that kind of both there's a both and you can't use someone else's strategy it's got to be your own strategy but there are frameworks that are really good so use those frameworks learn those frameworks and then adapt it to your own situation really really well excellent excellent um what's your third well, my third one is uh, that people are waiting for perfection, and we will. People want to wait and wait and wait until everyone is on board. That's the first one. Um, that's a kind of a perfection. We won't. We won't. We're only going to move together. I've heard many people say, "I'd rather go slower with everyone on board." But no, you're never going to get 100 people on board. You know, everyone's heard of the, you know, early adopters, early majority, late majority, laggards thing. I don't know what the percentages are, um, but there are always going to be laggards and they will only move once everyone else has moved. And if you wait for the laggards, you, you run at the pace of the laggards and you wait for perfection and perfection never comes. The uh, perfection is the enemy of the good is as someone it's probably Drucker said. Um, it's always Drucker, isn't it? Um, I think that feels like that should be one of our quotes. It's always Drucker. Um, and, uh, and, and so you've just got to get moving and doing something. And you've just, and a, a good strategy is, is actually, a good strategy that's put in place is better than a perfect strategy that's never implemented because you live in a real world and you've got to get something done. 
So make it happen, get started. It's not going to be perfect. In fact, I can actually guarantee you that no church strategy has ever or will ever be perfect. It's always going to have the flaws of humanity in it because we are flawed human beings. Uh, but we have the, you know, we've got the we've got the seed of the of the divine in us. We've got the we've got the Holy Spirit within us. So there's also amazing things <laughs> in there. So go for it and, and and move forward. And it's way better to move a. Oh, this is, I feel like I'm using a lot of cliches today. The, the you know the moving vehicle cliche. It's easier to move a, yeah. a moving vehicle than it is to move to move a a vehicle do you know yeah. the one the moving easier bit? easier to turn a moving ship that's it yeah i mean it's very yeah. very difficult to turn a ship not in motion not moving yeah 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 uh, by the way i think that that perfect is the enemy of good i i i think i think it predates drucker by a good thousand or so years because i think it was even paraphrased by voltaire is actually where it came from but i think he's even quoting somebody i think it's been around i think it's been around a while um you're like that you know but you know if you st- if you stick abe lincoln or benjamin franklin under something most people assume that it's actually their quote so we're, we're good chris we're good but yeah. as voltaire says yeah 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 but i think yeah pretty sure he was referencing somebody else this is where i get caught yeah it's probably there's like lot... probably what socrates or something normally normally yeah there's 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 lot, lot, lots of thinkers that predate us who didn't have podcasts unfortunately it's a, if if only socrates had a podcast that would that would actually make a great podcast it would be a very good a very interesting podcast um yeah there we are well that's 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 our six today and it feels like it's been a very swift podcast but it's actually gone time has trundled trundled by um and uh yes lee thank you so much as always um absolute pleasure you know it uh so um as i said we're gonna be back with a guest next week um i won't say who it is just in case they they pull out last minute Um, (laughs) like can i find out though can i find out before we get there (laughs) i think this is gonna be a new thing i'm gonna tell you stuff that happens (laughs) that's gonna happen on the podcast and then uh, i'll see your and everyone can see your reaction then i think this is this is the way to do it i like that every week little slot at the beginning surprisingly (laughs) yes that was terrible that was terrible i hang my head (laughs) on that note we'll, we'll call it there lee thank you so much for your time as always and i will see you again next week cheerio mate